and APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialists. 631 631- Two six one six four two zero. That's six three one two six one six four two zero. Auto Excellence. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, six three one nine hundred dump. Elm Logistics, for all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics, pride, performance, and partnerships. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Tired of that same old, same old breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Same old tasting scrambled eggs, burger, that dinner steak, ribs, or pork chops. Why not add a little bit of spice or just a touch of heat to make the difference? Change that scrambled egg with a little bit of Johnny Fabulous's John Cena Sr.'s Million Dollar Jalapeno Hot Sauce. Great on burgers, steaks, chops, and those barbecued ribs. And Nitro's Garage, for all your automotive needs, call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage, ask for Jack. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? (laughs) Well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Sport and non-sport cards, wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, located at 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut, Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J, video games and collectibles. Oh, all right. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestling Remembered. Sorry about the delay. Live performances, always a hiccup. 
I'm filling in for Bruce this week. He's on assignment. And, folks, we are joined by uh, my guest, well, my co-host, I should say, the player. There he is. And, of course, El Presidente, Phil De Cesare. Welcome, guys. Hey, hey. What a day. want to thank uh, everybody that's tuning play, in the, chat, the chats lively and all that stuff. I, I, you know, it was a tough thing. I think it was a time zone difference. Yeah. I'm in Iowa. I'm an hour behind. So these things, these technicalities and all that stuff, they're kind of tough. But uh, Blame it on the cornfields. In the yeah, the, well, we're under a blizzard. Walk. Well, blizzard. We've had a blizzard for the last two days. God so Almighty! We're expecting high winds, and uh, I think negative twenty-four for tomorrow will be the high. So wow! We're, we're gonna get some Arctic air. With, so. the, with a temperature like that, you need to get high. Yeah, no kidding. kidding. I'm telling you, this is crazy weather. I, I've I've only been outside to shovel the walkway, and that's it. That's I really we haven't gone anywhere. You can't do anything. Whole town is shut down. So that's like uh, that's penguin weather. Yep, that's how it is. Let me get my uh, stuff up here. I've, you know, this is the first time I'm doing this show, so there's our little ticker down there and all that good stuff. Well, welcome everybody tonight. Wrestling remembered. We're doing. We're shaking things up. We're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I don't know if you saw the previews, but we are going to be discussing and talking about when we first became pro wrestling fans. Uh, everyone's got a story. When was your first time that you actually saw pro wrestling? Was it on TV? How did you get introduced to it? I'm sure it's either through your father, grandfather, aunts, uncles, whatever, mothers. Uh, we all have our own unique story. And um, I'm going to I'm gonna hit up the player for the uh, for the first element of this. You could talk to us. Tell us, uh, player, what is uh, your first recollection of uh, pro wrestling? First time you uh, got introduced to it. Well, being you said stories so many times, I have to do my <clears throat> my Melvin Udall, Jack Nicholson imitation Melvin from uh, Good As It Gets when he says, some people have stories, pretty stories about boats and lakes and noodle salad. <laughs> but uh, now my story actually started in sometime 1967. Yes, I'm old. Um, I was, for whatever reason, uh, it walking into the house and it, for, the, for whatever reason was that somehow wrestling was on in the living room, which it would, it never was. Right. And right. I happened to walk in right at that mm-hmm. moment. And Ray Morgan, I don't know if you guys remember him or not. I'm, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Morgan, Sounds but, familiar. Uh, yeah. Was interviewing of all people, Bruno. And oh, I walked in and I started like, the, like this guy looks larger than life. I mean, he looked like a real, real life Superman to me. You know, I'm 12 years old. And um, so at the end, Ray Morgan would say, and he, he would always say this to Bruno, Bruno, how about saying a word for our Italian fans? Right. And Bruno would cut an Italian promo. Yeah. And my mom, because my mom was in the kitchen 24-7, no matter what, making something. Right so, on. And she spoke fluent Italian. And, Ma! and she ran, you know, she came into the living room and she uh, she translated what Bruno said. She, you know, he thanks to the fans for his support and, you know, want, you know hope make, hopefully you can make it to the garden, you know, stuff like that. She made a comment to me that, man, that's he's a classy gentleman. And I thought, <laughs> okay. And, I, you know, at that moment, I kind of really didn't give it a second thought. Right. But a couple of months later, it was Christmas. And uh, we only had, I mean, in 1967, everybody, there weren't, weren't you know, three or four uh, TV sets in a house. Sure, sure. There's typically, you know, one, maybe yeah. two. Yeah. And uh, so for Christmas... And because the, I was the sports nut in the house, so I wanted to watch the Yankees, the Mets, the, whatever, the oh, yeah. Knicks, oh, yeah. the Rangers, whatever was on Wide World of Sports, bowling on Saturday afternoon, which I absolutely loved, PBA bowling. Um, you name Earl it. Anthony. But 
Early. Yeah, and Nelson <laughs> yeah. Burton, Billy Walu, and Chris Shankel were the oh, announcers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, so for Christmas 1967, I got a 12-inch Hitachi black and white TV. Now I'm oh, in my gee. glory, 12-year-old kid with a, with his own TV right. set. Yeah, that's a big deal. Put it up in my room. A couple yeah. months later, I'm fiddling around, and I discovered the UHF, which, you know, really was kind of unknown to me because we never did anything with that, you know, sure. in, the, in the, the family room TV. And I hit upon, on Saturday night, uh, Channel 47, which was a Spanish station, WNJU, from Newark, <laughs> New Jersey. And I see this logo, Lucha Libre. Oh, geez. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, it's it looks like wrestling. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's probably going to be in Spanish. But let me, I'll check it out. And um, so it was actually in English. It was from the National Arena in Washington, Washington D.C. Um, it was Ray Morgan, the announcer, and I decided to watch it. And I, the thing was, the the, the reception was really sketchy, though. So it had right. one of those fashion antennas. So if I put a coat sure. hanger yep. with aluminum foil on top of it, right, and stood fifteen feet away. You know, clicked my heels three times, said, I, you know, there's no place like home. It stood on my head. Yeah. I could get manageable reception. Oh, wow. But, I mean, I was hooked. And then it was, I remember the date, April 26, 1968. My dad took me to the, my first show yeah. at the Island Garden in West Hempstead, long gone. Wow. But, and the main event was Bruno versus Toru Tanaka. And I just the one I, I don't remember that there he is. Toro Tanaka. There he is right yeah. there. And wow. uh he said that slot when he needed it. But <laughs> I remember the end of the match, they started bouncing off the ropes. And when they collided, sure. it literally sounded like an earthquake. Wow. I mean, the whole arena shook. Yep. And it, as it turned out, Bruno got up at nine and a half. Tanaka was, you know, he couldn't make up, <laughs> make up. And Br so Bruno won the match. I mean, how often do you see that now? You never oh, yeah. see that where you might right. have a count out, but you never have like where the, you know, the both guys are down and sure. one guy gets up. So, um, and then about a month later, uh, my best friend who lived next door, it was sure. his birthday. It was May 23rd. And he was going to the, for any of you, Long Islanders, the Huntington you're, Mall. You're like Rain Man with these dates. Oh, yeah. What was the weather like? Go home with Charlie Babbitt. Um, <laughs> so um, he, my mom said, yeah, it was 48 and balmy. Uh, my mom said I could I could stay, cut school, which was unheard of. Sure. And I could go to the mall with my best friend and, you know, just go shopping. So I had a few bucks on me. We Why walk not? into the mall. Yeah. And um, the, the when you got into the mall, there was a bookstore. And okay. I thought, all right. And I, I was very big into Mad Magazines at the time. I think they were 25 or 30 cents. Sure. Yeah. It would say 30 cents cheap on it. And uh, I thought, yeah, maybe I'll pick up a Mad Magazine. And right. I, as I walked into the bookstore, on the left was a magazine rack. Yeah. And there was the Wrestling Review. Yeah. wrestling world the ring wrestling uh wow. and a couple other ones and within three minutes after being in the mall yeah all my dis all my money was gone but let me tell you that that day changed my life forever because like i mean i i was a fan when i went to the the, the, the match the first time but now i was a fan for life after seeing but, those magazines but you, you had a unique experience of being in the magazine right 
Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, about a year later, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's such a different world back then right. that the 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 after mags and this is actually before Bill after, though. I think oh, yeah. Bill oh, after, yeah. uh started working for them in 1970. Yeah. But yeah, in the, the November 1969 issue of the yeah. wrestler magazine. Yeah. They had both uh, inside wrestling and the wrestler both had pen pal sections. So you oh, sent your, you know, your, your school picture. Right. And you. You uh, you mentioned who your favorite wrestler was. You actually put your address on there. You talk about a trusting world back then, yeah. right? Let me, let me see if I can get uh, that up here. Hold on. Oh, oh, there you there are. Oh, wow. No, I can tell Wait. everybody. 1969. Look at that mug, huh? Island profiling. Wow. Handsome guy. Yeah. Interview app, huh? Wow. That was 1969. Up until three years ago, if you sent me a letter to that address, yeah, my sister would have got it for me. The, the the house was in the family for I think sixty two years. I I think you were a player there. What's that girl section there? You like the girls twelve to fourteen? Well, I, I I can thankfully say that I have wow. upgraded, and now I'm like into girls in their twenties because I don't want Chris Hansen coming <laughs> to my house and saying, "Why don't you have a seat?" I love it. I love it. Look at you, you're like Sp- Sparrow, Spiros, Arian. That was a great. He was a great. Well, wrestler. you know what though? Here's the thing. Yeah. I put Bruno was my favorite wrestler. Okay. They they did some editorial uh, license there. Mm. I guess I mean everybody loved Bruno, so I guess they were tired wow. of you know everybody loving Bruno. So they put Spiros. I I didn't put Spiros Arian. I mean I liked Spiros Arian, but Bruno was my choice. Katie Morgan's chiming in, Benny. She says she never forgets anything. That's why she loves you. Wow. She's a keeper. She's a she's a she's very she's a good person. And Joe Myers is chiming in saying all the hot babes lived on Intervale. <laughs> all the young dudes and all the hot babes. Yep. Chat's jumping. Okay, I mean, that that day at the mall was life changing. When I got home, yeah, I looked at those magazines, and you know, my first my first observation was because in my mind, I thought the entire wrestling universe sure. was what I saw on TV on Saturday night, right. And I'm seeing these like the infernos with JC Dykes. Wow. And I'm seeing Vern Gagne. And I'm yeah. seeing, you know, all the Jack Briscoe and all these other Harley Race. I mean, who are these guys? Yeah. You know, I saw exactly. the ratings. The ratings then were the top 50. And I'm I, I recognize Bruno and like Victor Rivera. But uh, you also Jared said Stanley. you like this guy right here, Baron Miguel the the Bruno. Bruno. He was a tall guy. Look at him. He's yeah. strapping. Look at yes. that. He's with the tag team title. Who's his tag team champion? Who was he with? King Curtis. Oh, yep. King Curtis. That's right. King Curtis, okay. I, okay. Yeah. I, also, I also put up earlier Fuji and Tanaka up there. Those guys were, yep. they scared me. Even when I became a fan, Fuji always scared me too because he was pretty vicious. But uh, great story, that buddy. That, that was good. That's awesome. That was it for me. I mean, after seeing those magazines and, and going to the show. And yep. I mean, you know, the funny thing is I, I posted on Facebook today that in 1969, yep. you know, I, I would shoot the breeze with my friends, you know, talking about wrestling. And here I am 54 years later. Wow. Um, what am I doing? I'm shooting the breeze with my talking with my friends about wrestling. So I guess I plateaued at the age of 14. And I was born in August. <laughs> I was born in August of 69. So there you go. I'm 54. Than I am. <laughs> but yeah, that's my, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But I mean, that's awesome. I, I can't imagine what my life would have been like without professional wrestling all these years. I know. I'm telling you, that, that's some of the stories. When you, whenever I ask this question, even with uh, wrestlers or who, whoever I interviewed before, how did you become into wrestling? Everything is so similar. It's been a family member or something or, you know, they heard it somewhere and, you know, it, and they were hooked. 
I, 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 anybody who turned it on was automatically hooked and they sucked you in and all that stuff. But uh, the president of Thursday night, he's joining us tonight. This is great. This is a great treat having uh, the El Presidente on here, the former Death 30 champion. Um, Phil, what's your uh, what, what's your story? What, what, what year did you become a fan and how did you become a fan? Oh, great, great questions. Well, since it's Friday, I think I'm demoted to Secretary of State here, but um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll hold high office nonetheless. Uh, well, you know, it, it started, I think, a lot of us, I think, started with superheroes to to some okay. extent, at least yeah. having an affinity for some comic books or TV. And Shazam. for me, Sh- yeah, Shazam was, was big. You remember Billy Batson? Oh, yeah, I remember him, yep. Well, here's a, here's a quick quiz question. Do you know what Shazam stands for? It's an acronym. Is it really? Superhero, amazing. No, no you nope. got me. I'm stumped. I wonder if anyone in the chat knows. I, I dare them. I'll yeah, just anybody. find the answer for a few moments. But yeah, let's, let's let the chat answer. We'll let the chat try to guess that one. Maybe J.A. Will will get it. I don't know. So, so you're telling Luke. me Shazam was an actual J.A. Acronym? or Luke Cannon's going to get this. I, 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 I know they're going to. I know they're going to. Katie's too young. <laughs> I think Katie's, Katie's Morgan. She's she, too she young. knocked on my door to sell me Girl Scout cookies last week. <laughs> You know, we're I, all born in the 60s and 70s here. So, I, 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 yeah. I never knew that Shazam was an acronym. I never yeah. knew that. Never it, knew it's, that. It, yeah. Um, and that's wow. what Billy Batson would say. But in Superman, huge. The old George Reeves Superman. Look, J.A. Will's got the answer. Uh, of course he does. Hercules, Atlas, Zeus. Zeus, Achilles, Achilles, and Mercury. Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good job, J.A. Will. Nicely wow. done. Nicely done. Yeah. So it started with that. The Superman just, I just got hooked, you know, the strength, man, the larger than life abilities, you know, and, and of course, Captain Marvel, Shazam, Spider-Man. Yeah. And then the Hulk came along in real form. The the Baxter version? The, the, uh, the Lou Frigno and Bill Bixby version. Absolutely. Oh my God. And as a, as a second grader, I wrote a letter to Lou Frigno and he sent wow. me no an autograph picture in return. Wow. So I was, I was, how old, just, how old were you then? How old were you then? Uh, eight years old. Jesus. That, you must've been in heaven. Yeah. So naturally the quest was let's look for more superheroes, you sure. know, on TV. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and we were talking before we went on, Joe, and I won't steal your thunder too much. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. But since we're from the same area and because, well, we both had paper routes, which is interesting, right. too. Yeah. And um, it was right around that time in, in sure. 81 or so when I really started watching. I, I do have memories as a kid with right. some older cousins watching back uh even in the late 70s, okay, uh, yeah. vague memories. But for me, it really was 1981, the year. Wow. And um, I think the person who drew me in first was likely seeing Andre the Giant, okay? Oh, yeah. I was familiar with his name because I was a big mark for the $6 million man back in the day. And, of yeah. course, Andre was in probably the most popular episode. There he is. Yeah. There he is boy. right now. Yeah. I remember, so the when- cro- I remember the crowds when he came out. It was like that hush that oh my god that big attraction coming down the aisle he was he he scared me he scared yeah. me he legitimately scared me i had the distinct uh uh pleasure in um i don't want to say i met him as much as i stalked him at the worcester auditorium <laughs> back in the day crawling right. under literally as a kid crawling under fans to get over to him to shake his hand wow. as he was returning from the ring so 
I get to actually, you know, be in his presence in his prime, and which for me was just uh, just a memory that just sticks. And we're sure. talking forty years ago, over oh, yeah. forty years oh, yeah. ago, you know. Yeah. But he was one of the main drivers, I think, that drew my eyes to the screen. And I know you especially mentioned Martel and Gurria. Oh yeah, who yeah. for for their time really were a great tag team. Okay. Yeah. They, you know, uh, they were not these big, fat old guys that we used to see yeah. on TV. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were athletic. They were streamlined. Yeah. One had the blue and the red, you know, the red trunks with the blue stripes, and the other yeah. the blue with the red and all sure. that. And um, their finisher was the sunset flip, I believe, off the yeah. top rope. Top rope. And, Rick uh, always did that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And to yeah. me at that time, that was like someone flying. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and just he's. Mill Maskris on there doing his thing, and, and if, if, you're, if you remember, the ropes were very loose back then. Absolutely, right? like when you got on that top rope, you needed balance. You needed to really secure yourself, and obviously, in wrestling boots, that's tough. That's tough. So to see something like that, it's pretty impressive. Cool. The whole ring would shake, and the, yeah, the, the ropes would uh, go crazy, and that was the, the yep. crowd would go crazy too. So that was yeah. awesome. Let me tell you, Joe, the ropes were, were so loose that sometimes yeah. you didn't have to go up top to have an issue. I yeah. remember Killer Khan had a match once, yeah. and he, I think he was just leaning against the rope or backing yeah. up on his opponent, and yeah. he fell through the ropes onto the floor. Oh, there he yeah. is right Jeez. there. Yeah. yeah. Killer Khan. Another uh, guy who scared me as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, he, was, he, he was legit scary. Oh, yeah. he absolutely was. That, that's a famous magazine cover photo right there. And that I bought that magazine in two seconds when I saw that. I was like, who is this guy on the cover, you know, torturing Bob Backlund? Amazing. Yeah. And, and making yeah, Backlund just working that vulnerable angle right there, which, you know. Yeah. I, I could always sense that he had capabilities. And we all know now if push came to shove, that Backlund would be the guy, you know, sure. in any situation. Yeah. But he was still able to to kind of give that vulnerability. You would actually – you would worry when he would defend his title. You would sure. really, really yeah. be concerned. And he yeah. just had such, such a great cast of foils, of, of, of heels to, to choose from. And, uh, yeah. you know, these guys were superheroes in many ways, real you know, life superheroes and the things they did in the ring were things that I could never imagine myself doing, you know? Yeah, and it was, again, it was good and evil, you know? It was that yeah, premise. Yeah, it's that basic conflict, sure. okay? Very simple. And, yeah, so... I remember, I remember Killer Khan, every time he entered the arena, the, again, that that excitement, that hush, that booing and all that stuff, it was like he came out, he meant business, and, you know, he went after, you know, I think he, uh, one of the matches I saw him wrestle might've been Backlund or whatever, but, you know, he, he was one of the first guys to go after you before the bell rung. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, whoa, wait, the bell didn't ring yet. What are you doing? You yeah. Know? He had no respect for the, the rules, you know. Yeah. And Gilberto Roman always was his referee. <laughs> <laughs> Little Gilberto. Gilberto Roman. That the first two minutes of championship wrestling, I put that in the chat earlier. The first two minutes of championship wrestling with the you know, doctor in attendance, Dr. George Saharian, Charlie Daniels, or Mike Mittman at the bell sometimes, yeah, right, yes, you know. But I'll tell you what, like when Joe McHugh was doing that, like all was well in my world. I mean, I'm telling you that. If there was a nuclear explosion outside, yep. I would have waited till a commercial to go outside and check it out. <laughs> I'd always joke that if I was in a coma, just play him and I'd probably wake up. Yeah, oh just my Lord. and then yeah. it was Joe McHugh and Luke. That, absolutely. That two and a half minutes of championship wrestling right there was just 
you know, you knew it was like, oh, this is it. This is going to be a big hour. Something big's going to happen. And, you know, what would the, you know, I always used to, I used to practice announcing that. And I'd be like, your referees for this hour, you had Gilberto Ramon, Dick Kroll, Dick Worley. Uh, Dick Worley. God, he was a legend. Dick Worley. Yeah. And sometimes he never wore re- the striped referee shirt. He wore like a gray shirt. Yeah, he wore like a polo shirt or something. Yeah. Huh? Um, who was that? Uh, Gino Morella's. What was his name? Joey Morella. Joey Morella came along later. Yeah. I mean, these are the names that you were and like. You had, uh, Mario Savoldi. Savoldi. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, and it's funny. They, they were the TV referees and you didn't get them sometimes at the garden at the Boston garden. You got, you got other referees that you never saw before, which was kind of weird. on occasion. You did get one of those guys, but I don't recall ever seeing Dick Worley live. No, I, I've never seen him either. And I, you yeah. know, I think they were appointed by the Pennsylvania state commission. State Athletic commission. Yeah. Yes, I believe you're, you're yes folks, because believe it or not, back then wrestling was regulated. You needed a license to wrestle. Yeah. Professionally. Um, you had to pass a physical exam before you got in the ring. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You had to do that. I mean, that, that the, it's just amazing how it's transformed from that time to now, um, you know, with, with the state athletic commissions and all that stuff. And, you know, even the wrestling program set it on the bottom. You know, these yeah. matches are sanctioned. I go, these are real matches. That's, that's what drew you in. It was like a legitimate thing back then. You know, this wrestling and all that stuff. So, yeah, that was that's well, when you're announcing like the, you know, the, like the, the, doctor in attendance and the you know the state athletic commission i mean that that gives such an air of legitimacy oh yeah, yeah it was very much like boxing in yeah. that sense they, they made it solid you know they made it yeah they made it what it was and all that stuff and but, and those turnbuckles for a spell they had everlast turnbuckles which really i thought made it gave it that final you know little something that made it a little more legitimate too right. you know yeah, Joe, Joe Will's got a good one, a teen memory. Him and his dad, brother, had aisle seats. Paul Ondorf was feuding with Buzz Sawyer. Paul walked by and Pops tapped him on the shoulder and said he was hard as a rock. Yeah. And had big arms. Speaking, yeah. of, uh, speaking of Buzz Sawyer, I think I got something here for these I guys. don't think Paul Ondorf missed too many dates at the gym. He's no, not probably guy. not. Probably not. Um, we go, Oh, yeah, right here. We got, here we go. Here's some guys, huh? You know, but, yeah. Bottom of right, last battle of Atlanta. Sure, the good one, the Von Erichs, obviously, with the Iron Claw movie coming out. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, that's on my bucket list. I, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yep. And Bob Backlund, right there. What a photo! I love that photo of Backlund back in the day. Um, Such great shape, and you know, yeah, he was. And you know, another thing too, the superhero element aside, I think what yeah. these what these performers, these athletes, these entertainers do is, yeah. I mean, they inspire us. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I know Benny probably he's been working out for his whole life, and yep. I mean, I drew most, so much yeah, inspiration most, from I Bob shoveled, Backlund. I shoveled mm-hmm. snow in the blizzard today. I was working out. So. Yeah, absolutely, dude. <laughs> Be careful too. Yeah, please. My yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah shoveling yeah. is no joke there, Joe. You know that. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, you got to take it easy shoveling snow. And this is. I, fir- I think you know. I mean, I was a Bruno guy, and yeah. I mean, not so much a Pedro guy, but I mean. I bought into Bob Backlund a hundred percent. Me too. Uh, I, I thought he was a great champion. Love I mean, him. he, he looked Still like do. one. He had that. He was very humble and soft spoken until he got pissed yeah. off. Yeah. And then, you know, when he yeah. flipped the switch, he he could go ballistic. Yeah. But I mean, just talk about like the 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 way he could handle himself in the ring. Right. Unbelievable. He had yeah. counters for everything, and he was always he studying film and looking for counters and, and, you know, they would actually talk, you talk about that in his interviews, which I know a lot of people critique him for, 
you know, not being yeah. so, you know, so charismatic or what have you. But he took right. it seriously. He took it like it was a contest. He was the golden you know? boy. Yep, he was absolutely uh, from Princeton. But even like you know, like back in the NWA, like a Dory Funk Jr., yeah. a Briscoe, they were kind of cut out of the same cloth. They weren't like really good talkers. They were yeah, great it was, like, it was, it was right. like it was like strictly business. Um, yeah. yeah, ring. I'm going to do my thing, and I'll see you later. And uh, you know that, that if that's their character, they pull it off well. You know, because, you know, they like that outside the ring. I don't know. Maybe you guys know. But, um, you know, my um, my memories go back. Uh, Phil, 81. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you my story. I know I, I, I filled you guys in. But no, tell, the, tell the world. I, I was um, I was about 11 or 12 years old. Summer of 81, June. School just got out. My uh, buddy, two doors down from me, had a paper route. And he was going away for the summer. And he asked me to do his paper route for him. So um, I said, okay. So a couple of weeks later, June of 81, I am doing a paper route. And as we all know, you have to collect money on Fridays and Saturdays and so forth. And I did that. And of course, there were a couple of leftovers. So I had to go on Saturday to pick up some money. So um, amazingly, six doors down for me, a lady, an older lady, old lady at that time, um, I knocked on her door and, you know, she, I, she said she'd be right there. And it was a screen door. It was warming up. The door was open. And I heard this ruckus on the television. I'm talking, she was older, so the TV was cranked up pretty good. I mean, the whole the whole area could hear that. And there was screaming and yelling, and people were screaming. And when she handed me the money, I asked her, I go, what is, uh, what is that on TV? And she goes, that's Saturday morning wrestling on Channel 56. And I took that $2, I ran home, and I turned it on, and lo and behold, it was Tony Gurria and Rick Martell and the Moondogs and the Chaos and Vince McMahon screaming, Pat Patterson screaming. You talk about an injection in your vein and how quick I became a fan. I was hooked right then and there. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. I mean, That's it was, great. I don't know what it, the attraction was. Was it the ring ropes? One thing I did get attracted to, and, and guys back then would laugh at me, but were the wrestling belts. I loved the, the you know, back then they were, you know, they were humbled with the belts. They would throw them around. They were nothing. But I saw them as like, gold i was like these things are impressive and when you saw them in person and they, the lights were shining them, on know. them you know i do have a collection of them and so forth um i'm glad to share i got the backland belt i, I love the old backland belt and the tag i got hogan's 85 belt behind me right there yeah. I, got the, I got the what a day belt right right behind me as well the best um, one sign bruno road behind me but you know I, and I told you guys before, if the audience can see behind me, I got my first three wrestling programs from the Boston Garden back in July, nice. August, and September of 1981. And I got to tell you, and of course, the um, November issue too as well, the Andre Kahn stretcher match. Yes. It was just something back then when I was hooked. And, and when I say I was hooked, I was in front of that TV Saturday morning at 11 a.m. And shortly thereafter, cable TV came rolling down the street. Oh, and Yeah. It was yeah. over. World class championship wrestling. Channel twenty five, Joe. Remember twenty five championship yeah. wrestling. Remember all star wrestling out of Worcester was on early. Channel twenty seven, I do believe, or something like that. Channel twenty seven, it was yep. on. Yep. yep, and then Gary it went to Michael, channel... Gary Michael Capetto was the um, announcer, the ring announcer for that. Yep. One. And then it um, went to channel nine. Yeah, on Sunday. Around, but I found it. I yep. found it, and then TBS. You know, Turner Broadcasting was it streaming in 605 to 805 every Saturday night, Georgia Championship Wrestling, which turned into World Championship Wrestling. I learned more about wrestling on those Saturdays, whether it was WWF or NWA or, or, or world class. The, 
you talk about three different products. I was hooked. I was. Yeah. Let me let me hooked. ask you guys something here, real quick, because sure. I mean, I would I had the same phenomenon. I mean, it started with obviously with uh, WWWF, right? And then in the mid seventies, there was another yeah. station, uh, Channel Forty One out of Patterson, New Jersey, okay. that showed uh, NWA Hollywood. So it was wrestling from the Olympic. Never saw that. Yeah. And, yeah, and then like a couple of years later, then I got uh, championship wrestling from Florida with Gordon Soley, sure. Georgia championship wrestling. Eventually, we got uh, world class Southwest. Yeah, what I don't understand is it's and I I mean the more the merrier, like bring them. But now it seems like you have to choose one or the other. You can't be a fan of both WWE nah. or AD. It seems like you have to be in a camp. And it, yeah, I, I, given it's... given my upbringing, I don't get that. Well, it's, it's it's become tribal, man. You know, like yeah. politics, it's become tribal in many yeah. ways, and and it it shouldn't be either or, right? Yeah, but it you shouldn't get, be, and it shouldn't have to be. Why can't you like both? I mean, you can like everything. Who cares? It's a free country. I do. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm 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 unashamedly going to say I like it. I like it all. You know, and of course, I watch it. Critique. I watch it to see. I mean, those guys are entertainers. They're performing in front of a live audience. I mean. You know, not everybody can do that. Not everybody's fit to do that. And to do what they do, whether it's AEW, WWE, TNA, whatever, you know, NWA now on, it's coming. They got a TV deal coming or whatever. But it's, um, you know, going back to those times when World Class was on and Georgia Amazing. Championship Wrestling was on and Southwest Championship Wrestling. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Adrian Adonis. Yeah. Adrian Adonis beat Tully Blanchard, right? Uh, yep. yes. but, I mean, New I remember guys, that. Yep. I mean, you talk about filing that stuff back and boom, it's, it comes to you. But you didn't see them in person. Uh, you know, WWF, first every first Saturday of every month, you saw them at the Boston Garden. Yeah. But you didn't see the guys from Southwest. You didn't see Georgia Championship Wrestling. The only thing that I caught on to with Georgia Championship Wrestling or World, or World Championship Wrestling was I do believe that Vince and the Crockett's, they had some type of thing going because I've mentioned this before in the 30 and all that. The Samoans would be down on Georgia Championship Wrestling. Uh, Rocky King was with their manager or something like that. I forget. Sunny King. Sunny King. Sunny King. Yeah. And yes. they're down there. And then yep. next week they're on WWF Championship Wrestling. So I started thinking, okay. I mean, I had to figure it out. Of course, the wrestling magazines always helped me out. First, yeah. second Tuesday of every month, I was at the newsstand picking it up. The wrestler, Inside Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Sports, Sports Review. Sports Review. Wrestling. Yeah. And then wrestling's main event came out. George Napolitano left and yep. started his own magazine. I, you know, my, we, I had a thing. I, I went to a friend's house and I walked in his room and his room was plastered with posters. Like he used it as wallpaper. Yeah. It didn't matter if the TV was in front of it or whatever he used. It. So I got that idea and I did that to my room. Me so too. You talk, you talk about being consumed by pro wrestling. I, I would wake up and the Von Erics would be over here. Tommy Rich over here, a bloody Captain Lou Albano over here, Snooker over here. You name it. You're waking up to it. Yeah. And people like look at me like, you're crazy. And I go, no, I'm just a fan. I love this stuff. You know, I, I fake wrestled in middle school and I challenged an art teacher and we had this big to do. <laughs> and when he came out, I walked away. I did the old, nah, I'm not doing this now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's how hooked I was. It, it's yeah. amazing how, you know, we all have the same similar stories. Benny, you were hooked right away. You're, you, you're a pen pal in the magazine now. You're in the magazine. Jeez, I mean, I'd, I would have loved to have been in the magazine my picture. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's it's just amazing how this works, and um, it's just and John Gallagher. The after mags were gold standard. Yeah, that's how that was the internet back then. 
Yeah. Right? That was the internet, well, I would say. What did you guys, like, I remember, I, I mean, it's 50 years ago, but I remember exactly how I felt. There was a, a luncheonette that I, I walked, uh, went to on the way home from junior high school. Sure. The, it was a very heavy set woman named Joyce and her <laughs> husband named Nat, who had three fingers. So he was three fingered Nat. <laughs> and uh, but I'll never forget the, the <laughs> I'll never forget the the feeling that I felt when I looked at that magazine rack and I saw a new a new wrestling magazine. It just, I mean, I was in heaven. It was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to. I'm just replying to some people. Um, I always thought it was funny when you know you went back too early to the magazine rack and you saw the one you already bought and it's like, damn, it's not out yet. Yeah. God, oh, still. You know, but most guys my age, you know, 14 year old kid. The, the Playboys were like a, all the way at the top. So you had to climb on this shelf. In plastic. Yeah, in plastic. And, you know, of course, like Nat. Did you ever, were like, did you ever put one inside of a regular magazine? And, and oh, yeah. Back before they caught on, you know. Yeah. I don't well, remember. Nat had radar. I was older when the Playboy, when Playboy and Hustle were in those sleeves. I, I always saw them. They were just out in the open. You could just pick them up and that, look. Yeah, they, they you, caught you on know to the us. The funny yeah. thing is, though, like I didn't really care about the Playboys. I, wanted to I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah, I was like, forget about that, you know? So, you know, I, I back in the day, you know, yeah. you had cash. And again, we talk about using your discretionary income. And from my paper route, I would buy the magazines. Do, do I wouldn't always, no ATM cards back in the day, no, you know? No. All cash. All it was cash. all cash. So if I didn't have enough cash and there were all these magazines I wanted yeah. and I could only get a few, yeah. and we there were shelves and arrays of magazines, I would hide the other magazines <laughs> in other spots, come back the next day and, and yeah. buy them because they seemed to disappear pretty quickly. Right, I'm going to tell my magnificent Morocco story to yeah. the fans. Okay, guys, you guys ready for this? Yeah. Everybody in the chat, this is a true story. Uh, December of 81. I'll, I'll pull that. I'll pull up the image in a second. December of 1981, the uh, Boston Garden hosted a wrestling event. It was Saturday afternoon because for some reason, Phil, they had them on Saturday afternoon only in December. Yeah, always a one o'clock show, and um, I, I remember distinctly because I had to go to a birthday party that night. But I remember it was snowing out, mm -hmm. so and I wasn't expecting a huge crowd there. But lo and behold, fifteen thousand strong on a Saturday afternoon, back in Morocco, cage yeah. match. Um, this was a big deal. Cage matches are huge. Um, I do believe this was my first. Yeah, this is my very first cage match that I witnessed in person. Uh, December 5th, 1981. So the match goes on. Morocco gets tied up in the ropes with his neck. Backlund escapes. Crowd goes wild. Well, I'm two sections over from where the wrestlers have to leave and go down the runway. And I was a scrawny little kid back then. And I booked it over there. And as Morocco was coming down the aisle to go into the, you know, the locker room area, I took my hand, I took my hand and I swiped his forehead and I got blood on my hand, Don Morocco's blood, magnificent Morocco's blood on my hand. He looked at me with such a look and all the security guards, I hightailed it back to, you know, two sections over. Oh yeah. So I had Morocco's blood on my hand. So <laughs> I went home. I did. I didn't take a shower. I didn't do anything. I waited till Monday to go to school to show everybody that I had Don Morocco's blood on my hands. This is a true story, folks. Real blood at that. Real blood at that. It was crusty and all cruddy by the time Monday came around. But, you know, people thought I was nuts. But I, I tell that story. So I tell the story on Facebook. I want to say 2016, 2017. I tell the story. I, I just got into podcasting. And then uh, somebody sends me this image. 
off to the right. The left yeah. side, the left side is the um, program from that night. But on the right side is the actual photo of Don Morocco, magnificent Morocco, leaving the steel cage. Phil, you can tell it's like the bluish cage the uh, the garden had back then. I was then. just going to ask you that. Yeah. It's the bluish cage. And he was leaving. And that was literally seconds before I swiped my my hand on his forehead. Amazing. The power, the power of the internet, the power of uh, Facebook and all that stuff. Random fan sends me that. That's so and cool. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. But, yeah. People thought I was seventh grade. I think I was in and people thought I was out of my mind. And that's the kind of fan I was. I was, it was all wrestling. Everything was wrestling 24 seven. Um, I couldn't wait for Saturday mornings. I couldn't wait to go to wrestling at the garden every month. Um, I think they went to the Cape Cod Coliseum on, you know, in the summertime, they would go down there. Yeah. The Cape Cod Melody tent. Yeah. I used to go there. I'd go to those matches, you know, I mean, the sure. Mad- they weren't main event matches. I think uh, Maston, the, the Mast Invaders were like the main events back then. They put the B squad down there. Yep, but, uh, I, then I have another picture here of Morocco leaving after retaining against Tito Santana. This is him coming down. He just wow. left. Um, as you can see, the stairs behind him. But, you know, obviously a few years before, that's kind of where I swiped my hand on him before he went down there and that he goes to the left, he goes right into the locker room there, but he was a bloody mess that night too. I don't want to say this is like 83, 84 when he was yeah. brawling with uh, Tito, uh, Tito Santana, but uh, that's the kind of fan I was. I, well, I was, I was into it. I was on the topic it. of blood, Joe, Yeah, not to the extreme you did, but I, I saw Snuka and quick draw Rick McGraw at the Worcester Memorial auditorium. Sure. I got quick draws autograph yeah. um, when he was on his way to the ring. Yep. After the match, Snooker won, of course, bloodied McGraw, and McGraw walked or staggered back to the dressing room. Right. He was bleeding a lot. I took that piece of paper, folded it up, and dipped it into the puddle of blood and had that for a long <laughs> wow. time, too. So, wow. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Um, I 1982. Do remember, I, do, I had friends who were into wrestling, so sometimes I was able to stand in the area where the wrestlers came out of the locker rooms and stuff like that. You know, the, forbo- the forbidden door, so to speak, you weren't supposed to go behind, but... It was you know, magical, we, man. Yeah. yeah magical. So Tonga Kid was fighting. I think it was uh, Snooker and Tonga Kid, Piper versus Orton at the Garden. And I didn't know. Tonga Kid was like 17 years old at the time, 18 years. Wow. He was a young pup. And um, Gorilla Monsoon was there. And, of course, they wanted blood. And the Tonga Kid sliced his head up so bad. Oh. I mean, he – there was blood the blood on the floor, blood on – It wasn't good at blading. It, it was – it was – a 17 year old kid got carried away. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And uh, they had to bandage him up. And so we're going out to dinner and uh, he's walking around Boston with a bandage around his head and still in his uh, the Fiji ring attire. <laughs> and he was out of his mind. I'm like, this yeah. guy's playing. He's going all out. I'm like, Jesus. And people were following him. And, you know, it was incredible. Living the gimmick. So Absolutely. Gimmick. And you said you were into uh, fitness, right? Tony Atlas. Phil? Oh, absolutely. What an inspiration, man. Yeah, there, there he is right there. You know, and, and people, they, and when we talk about the, the classic physiques in wrestling, we talk Luger, Gary yeah. Von Erich and all, but, sure. you know, for my money, I mean, and, and they're both very notable, and there are so many others who oh, are. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he it was just in a class by himself in so many ways, and, you know, he still looks really good today, too. Yeah, there he is. Genetic he's got, freak. He's got me in a headlock up there in the upper left corner. That's incredible. Yeah, look at those arms, Joe. Oh yeah, my god. He, 
Yeah. Oh, my arms are his. <laughs> Both of your arms. My God. Joe, did you have the Asiatic spike on that day or no? I didn't have the Asiatic. You know, I, I you, wouldn't you probably could have used them. Then. I said, I'm in a wrestling ring. Give me your belts. I want to. And by the way, that belt I'm holding is the actual WCW World Heavyweight Championship that was originally held by Ron Simmons. Wow. Um, I don't know why Wait. Tony Atlas says he holds it on. He's holding it for him or with him. But that's the actual belt. Ten pounds of gold there. It was. Uh, so I said, give me the belt. Let's take a picture. And uh, he happily obliged. And that picture was awesome to take. He was so generous in taking that. So. That's really cool. Um, yeah, Tony Atlas, great guy. He's uh, very friendly. Absolutely. Good guy to talk to. Uh, What's he live up in Maine, I think, somewhere? Yeah, he's up yeah. there in Maine. Yep. He's, yeah. Great I guy. Auburn, great. I believe. Yeah, he is in Auburn. You're exactly right. He yeah. is, yeah. Going and he's a, he's a trainer up there, too. He's a, he's a, he's a fitness trainer, and uh, yep. that makes total sense. Yeah, Joe, I think we, Joe, we all had something in common, though. I think – Joe, you mentioned that. I bet, yeah. Phil, you did the same thing. You guys went to the Boston Garden maybe every month? Yeah, once a month. Yep. And I know that, uh, let me see, John Gallagher said that in the chat room that I guess the in Toronto. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Sunday nights at 7 Second, p.m. Yeah. yeah. And I would go to the, uh, because the Garden was a hike, but I could drive 20 minutes to the Nassau Coliseum every month. Yeah. And. And I would go every month. I, you know, I couldn't wait. That's to call Coliseum right there. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah. And, and what I don't, I mean, this argument that Vince McMahon made wrestling bigger and better, he made it bigger. Yeah. But to, to us, I mean, I always thought that like I was a part of this because I went every single month. And, you know, I thought maybe these guys recognized me because I sat in the same place every month. Sure. Sure. And we, we can't do that anymore. I mean, I live about a half an hour from uh, Emily Arena in Tampa. I think they're there maybe once a year. Right. So now, did you go to Madison personal? Benny, did yeah, you go it's to, lost the intimacy. Yeah. Benny, did you go to Madison Square Garden matches at all? I never – I have th – this is a story in itself. Never? you never gone? I, the only thing I, – I went to Madison Square Garden twice in my yep. whole life. Once was in 1970 – it was on Palm Sunday to watch roller derby. Palm Sunday. It, it was the San Francisco Bay Bombers versus the Midwest Pioneers. On Palm but Sunday. I had such a traumatic experience. It'll take like, we take a whole show just to tell you about that. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that I stayed away from the garden for four and a half years. The next time I went back to the garden was on Thanksgiving Day, yeah. 1974, to an Elton John concert. Oh, geez. Which will always be the best concert of my life because Murray Kaufman, who is Murray the K, yeah. uh, yes. famous DJ out of New yep. York, said, uh, we have a surprise guest. And we're thinking, who the heck could it be? It was right. John Lennon. Wow. And I never heard a an arena before or after erupt. I thought the garden was going to explode. And they yep. sang um, whatever whatever gets you through the night. Incredible. It was just, I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. It was like history in the making. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I never. All my wrestling was at the uh, the Coliseum. Loose can says only Benny would go to Madison Square Garden for roller derby, nineteen seventy. <laughs> you know what? At the time, though, it set yeah. the indoor attendance record for roller derby. I loved when they showed matches, like if there was a title change, going to Madison Square Garden. Now you know Morocco Morales wars and all that stuff. Yeah, I loved on TV. I I think um. Phil, if you remember, USA Network used to show uh, the Madison Square Garden matches a month later. And we used to stay up late to watch them. Yep, they would show MSG. They would show the Cap Center sometimes. Yep, I remember um, that. 
and oh, occasionally you get Morales. some spectrum. Look at that, Pedro. Yeah. I love Pedro too. Yeah, Pedro Morocco had some great Peter's wars. Made. And uh, the blue ropes tells you that it's Madison Square Garden. Um, yeah, and it tells you it was you know roughly 1982 because yeah. the yeah they, that was my favorite wars. I loved it. And any magazine that covered it, I picked it up. I just Morocco Morales. They could have ran that for like two or three years. I really, yeah. honest, I really honestly believe they could have taken that feud and they could have had, you know, they were they were lightning in a bottle with those two. They were believable, okay. They were believable. They were, they were very believable. Because he's I, always I, ready for any kind of action. Baby. Kind yeah. of action. baby. But you guys are a little bit younger than I am. I have to tell you, though, that yeah. roller derby for a couple of years in the late 60s and the early 70s was yeah. absolutely huge. Yes. Oh, yeah, roller and, derby. I mean, they, it was yeah, on TV. They, I saw it on TV. They my gramps it. loved it. I remember. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it. I guess around 72, yeah. it kind of like petered off. But like when I saw it at the garden, I mean, they were packed. See, I, I thought for sure you would have went to Madison Square Garden to see Bruno and George the Animal in a steel cage match. That's an old one. Look at that's the old garden there. With those wow. everlasting. I don't know if anybody in the chat room is my age, but yeah. when I, the, you know, I first saw George Steele in 1968. Yeah. And uh, Ray Morgan interviewed him, and he was very eloquent. Yeah. yeah. Very, very well spoken. Right. And, you know, the, the next summer, I guess, when he came back, then he was in Neanderthal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Myers was his last name. Uh, yep. Jim Myers. I, yeah. Jim Myers. I will never forget that he. He had um, uh, stomach issues. Colli- he had colitis issues. Yeah. And he started a website about a new drink or a new formula for that. And, and I messaged him and all that. And this is when cell phones were brand spanking new. Yep. Phone, you know, no, I don't think you could even text then. And I reached out to him and he called me back. He called me back and I'm like, am I really talking to George C. Anvils too? He's like, you're talking to Jim Myers, you know, and. That school teacher came out in him, you know, because he was a school principal, school teacher, whatever. Yeah. And by all accounts, a very nice man. Yeah, very nice guy and all that stuff. I mean, this is a guy who played a role for years, and you would never think that's why a lot of his time was spent um during the summer. He was busy during the summer, excuse me. Yeah. You know, he you always saw him from like May to October. He would do his uh runs with Backlin or whatever and all that stuff. Until he retired from school, I think it was Michigan, right, where he was out of. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he was a, a, a football coach and a teacher in Michigan. Yeah. Now, when he was in Michigan before he came to the WWF, uh, yeah. he he wrestled as a student, right, under a mask. Yeah, so that because he, he didn't want his students to recognize. Oh wow, him. that's right, that's right. Yeah, and he he said yeah. he he made his real money though yeah. after Vince Jr. took over, and he became like the the comical you know babyface. Yeah, uh, George Steele, and that's where he made his real money. Yeah, J- Jay Will, uh, Jay Will, of course. The Omni was the Madison Square Garden of Georgia Championship Wrestling. I mean, did I, when I watch Georgia Championship Wrestling every Saturday, it looks like they were wrestling every Saturday night there, like that night. Does anybody remember that when they used to show in between the wrestling matches? Oh, Tommy Wildfire Rich taking on Buzz Sawyer at the Omni this Saturday, or it was that night. I yeah, think the you're, you're watching did, wrestling was, was that monthly, night. Though. I don't think the Omni was, was weekly. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I the Omni is, um, yeah. Could have been every three weeks or so, too. They were yeah, very they popular, of, you know? Yeah, AWA, I think, in the St. Paul Civic Center, they were a couple sure. of times a month. Uh, yeah. Florida, the Homer Hesterly was every Tuesday night. The Armory, yeah. Yeah, the Armory. And then uh, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis was every Monday night. Can yeah. you imagine that, being a fan of wrestling? You can yeah. go to wrestling every single week. 
Speaking of when we talk about world class championship wrestling, this guy used to scare me. Wild yeah. Bill Earl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With that stupid bull rope. And he would, it was funny. He would never actually make contact with anything, but he hit the ropes and all. You, you believed what he was a maniac in the he ring. He was a big guy and he, he was he, a huge he, guy. He looked tough. Yep. He was a huge guy. Um, we got John Gallagher saying the face turn on the first Saturday main, Saturday night's main event. That's right. With Captain Lou was really good. Yes. Yeah, Saturday night's main event. That was uh, mid '80s, '86 or whatever. I think that was on the tails of um, WrestleMania. They capitalized yeah. on that and they had the NBC deal there. Uh, right. I think Saturday Night Live went on a hiatus or something like that. Yeah, but um, and they filled it in with that. That was a show, um, you know, because as a teenager, obviously I'm out on Saturday nights having fun. I'd come home and watch that. Uh, you know, curfew, eleven o'clock at night. Come on home and you know. Grab whatever and watch Saturday night's main event. What a great way to end Saturdays. And they'd have what? 15 million people watching it, maybe? What's that? They'd have like 15 million people. Yeah. Now, I mean, what what, WWE has about two and a half million. AEW can't even crack a million. Yeah. That's all DVR stuff now. That's Vince McMahon's pet peeve, by the way. He he wants, he begs Nielsen and all those guys to count the DVR recordings as people who watch because you, you people do DVR it now and yeah. they watch it later. Yeah, yeah, when we grew up, it was appointment TV. You oh, had you to be exactly. on your couch at 6.05 for Georgia Wrestling. You had to be yep. on your couch at 11 a.m. from Channel 56 for WWF. That. Yeah, that's why they had to um, put out a TV guide <laughs> to tell you when everything was going. That was television programming. They were programming us to sit in front of that TV. And right. we all How remembered. Great. Yeah, we were very obedient. Yeah. How we great were. was it on a Saturday morning when when uh, they'd have a tag team title change? And that happened oh, so many times. God, yeah. Amazing. Always, yeah, it always seemed to be tag team titles always changed on TV. Yeah. Very rare. Tag teams yep. were, they were, so, we talked about that last night, I think. They were so meaningful back then, the tag teams. They don't really mean much of anything now. Yeah. Joe Will, um, well, actually, Foxhole Willie said Steele used to have dinner at a house down the street from my house when he was here in Boston. Okay, cool. That's all right. And then yeah. Joe, Joe Will's got the mass superstar and the super destroyer, Scott Irwin, and 82 were a good team. Saw them in person. Yeah. So, super destroyer with Scott Irwin? Yes, the original. The, no, yep. And they and Wild Bill, his brother, they wrestled in world class as the team. But yeah, Scott Irwin, uh, he was also uh, one of the lumber Yukon lumberjacks. Yeah, that, right. so. yeah wow. Joe, yeah. Joe Myers says, Joe, on Saturday nights, you were out kissing the girls and making them cry. Making them cry. <laughs> <laughs> but I was home by 1130 to watch Saturday night's main event. So priorities, priorities, you know, you had to do that. <laughs> Oh, my God. Some of these comments are great. Keep the comments coming, folks. Uh, ja Will again. Captain uh, Wild Bill Lurin versus Tommy Rich was a good feud. That was. That was a good feud. Um, they built the these feuds up, though. They, they took the time to properly build these feuds. Yeah. And, and they had you hooked. Yeah. And uh, John Gallagher chiming in. Wyndham and Rotunda beat the Sheik and Volkoff on TV. That's right. Was that Saturday Night's main event? Might have been. won the title on there? I think that they might probably have did on one of the yeah. yeah. You know, things got things got kind of weird um television wise. Uh I want to say post WrestleMania when they had these when they started they left the the field houses and all that stuff and started going to actual arenas or other armories. Yeah. I remember King Kong Moscow was a, a commentator with somebody. They had like it was almost like watching uh NBC Sports. Everyone had a pairing and you know, that arena had those guys and 
every time you turned on, it wasn't the Saturday morning wrestling anymore like we used to watch. It was, you know, they would show matches from different areas of the country. Yeah. And and then I think uh, Sunday morning they came along. What was that? Uh, all American wrestling with Hogan yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. things changed after wrestling. Yeah, these compilation yeah. programs replaced studio wrestling, which is yeah. even Allentown could be considered studio wrestling, although they had, you know, typically more fans in the arena than a like a you sure. know Georgia wrestling or some of those other or or even world class, you know. But um, I got a funny story. Speaking of WrestleMania, you guys will like this. Uh, WrestleMania, Phil, you remember closed circuit TV, Boston Garden, all that stuff was held. Oh yeah, was held on a Sunday. Big screens. And, and yeah. for some reason, nobody wanted to go see WrestleMania in my house, but I wanted to. So I had to, I had to connive everybody and say, well, I'm going to go play some street hockey with my friends. And, you know, I had 20 bucks in my pocket. That was enough for the ticket. So what I did was I took my hockey stick. I walked down the street. I dropped my hockey stick off to the side. I hop on the red line. There you go. All the way to Boston Garden. I go to Boston Garden. I'm watching WrestleMania. I got a good floor seat. I'm looking at a closed circuit television screen. Yeah. Watch the whole thing. So as I'm leaving the garden, uh, Mike Dowling from Channel 5 is there. I'm the sportscaster. Yes. So he's interviewing people, and lo lo and behold, they interview me, and they're like, what do you think of WrestleMania? And I I think I called Hulk Hogan Goldilocks or something like that and all that stuff. So. I go home, it's Sunday, and my parents are like, well, we're going to go out to dinner for, for Sunday dinner instead of cooking. I'm like, all right, so we go so we go to the, the restaurant and everything, and this TV's in the restaurant, and all of a sudden the waitress comes over and says, hey, uh, I, you enjoyed WrestleMania. We just saw you on TV. Oh. <laughs> and and uh, my parents look at me like, where did you go? And I said, <laughs> I went to see WrestleMania and the news was still on in the bar area and all that. There's a restaurant called Alfredo's in Quincy Love and it. the TVs. And there I am. There's my mug. I got totally yeah. blown out of the water, <laughs> totally blown out of the water on that one. Um, oh, that's yeah. awesome, man. Oh, John Wills chiming in Black Saturday, 1984. Remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. That Vince McMahon taking over the airwaves there. That was Freddie uh, Miller he introduced Vince McMahon. Yeah, the, I think on it was. the World Championship Wrestling set too. I couldn't believe they did that. Yeah, that was weird. That was like a strange. That had been the beginning, obviously, of Ted Turner and uh, Vince McMahon's relationship somewhere. Because uh, after that, it was went downhill. Them two went downhill relationship wise, because obviously Turner got WCW and all that stuff. So yeah, that is crazy. Um, just looking at the chat here. Big Farmer tried to jump into the ring with Superstar and Super Destroy, but the police stopped him. We wanted to get him into the ring. Uh, yeah, that's something right there. There were no uh, rules back then. If a fan came in the ring, whatever uh, happened to him, happened to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, hey, do you remember um, Mass Superstar Backlund? Right before he lost it, got uh, Arnold Skolan got the uh, neck breaker on the uh, outside of the ring floor. In chaos, he also that. did it. Remember, Eddie remember that? Yeah, Eddie yeah that's right. There. I remember Eddie Gilbert getting it on uh, yeah, on the floor too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when Mass Superstar gave you that, that was it was all over. That was another guy, very underrated man. Was he legit? I, I, I mean, he was he was the real deal. Great yeah. interview too. Yeah. yeah. Here's a guy that I used to love growing up. Still like him too. Greg Valentine. Love him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a wrestler. He love was him. Obviously, a, ge- a generational wrestler. Father, grandfather, all wrestlers. He was a job, but lo and behold, this is the, this is the controversial picture here. Here he is with the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt, with that controversy in Madison Square Garden in November. Well, the match actually took place in October of '81, where he won the belt, 
and they yeah. said, no, he didn't win the belt. The referee was, uh, they, they both wore black trunks. So they suspended the belt. They, they, uh, the referee got knocked out by an airplane yeah. spin or something. Dick Kroll, I do believe, was the referee. No, I, well, maybe, or John Stanley, I want to say, oh, but John, you might be right. Yeah, maybe John Stanley. Maybe it was John Stanley. And, uh, yeah, the, you know, I remember reading about it and saying, yeah, the, both guys had black trunks on. So they, they held the belt up, and Valentine wouldn't give the belt back. So when the rematch took place in November of 81, yeah, here he comes out into Madison Square Garden. This is probably the only lone picture of him with that title. Um, obviously, I t- took it off the TV set there, but he Pretty was, awesome. um, you know, to see him win that belt, uh, you know, have that belt, that was shocking. That was like, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of what we can relate to it nowadays, but it was just shocking to see that as a fan. Right. Like, oh my God, he's got Backlund's belt. He's not supposed to have that belt. Honestly, though, there was a, a to me, there were several guys that if they had one, it would have not surprised me. One And one of them was Valentine. Yep. One of them was uh, Morocco. Yeah, Morocco. And the other one was Ken Patera. If any one of those guys had won, I wouldn't have been shocked. Yeah. Adonis, Bob Ort, Cowboy Bob Ort. Yeah, even yeah, Adonis, Bob Ort. Yeah, any yeah. one of those guys. Here's the power of the internet. Foxhole Willie had mentioned that Alfredo and Quincy, my aunt used to waitress there. Foxhole, who was your aunt? I used to know pretty much all the waitresses there. I grew up there. Um, I'm dying to know if you can answer me that if you're still listening. Foxhole Willie, Alfredo and Quincy, my aunt used cool. to waitress there. I want to see that because Alfredo's is closed now. That's it's long gone. Um, because Quincy's Quincy and it's growing and all that stuff, but that is funny. And then Ja Will says Valentine, I believe him when he says he did not do much gear, seems to have aged pretty well. Yeah, you know, Doctor D should never have been blacklisted. No, oh, okay, so now we're talking about that, <laughs> Doctor. Yeah, Adonis was so good. Yes, he was. When he the, the the original version of Adonis from Hell's Kitchen with the black leather jacket, right? Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. 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 And the sleeper hold. I, it seemed legitimately scary. Oh, I worried about Bob Backlund back then getting into that, you know? I remember Bob when um, they wouldn't wake up. Some of them wouldn't wake up or they wouldn't, you know, do the proverbial slap on the back of the neck. Yeah. And the referee's like, you got five seconds to do it. And it was like, no, I'm not going to do it. It's like, and the I, announcer would sell it. There was possible brain damage because there was yeah. blood cut off from the brain. Yeah. Uh, Benny, uh, Beth Hopper's back. She wanted to let you know that. Welcome back, Playmate. <laughs> Lots of Dave Schultz, the hockey player, drag racer, amateur wrestler, all that stuff. Yeah, Dr. D uh, pretty much, you know, hitting uh, John Stossel there wasn't exactly a uh, smart move. But there's there's rumors or, um, I don't know, some type of opinions out there that saying that whole thing was a work as well. Do you believe that or the 2020 interview when he yeah. smacked John Stossel? And- no. I, don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, I think- you don't think it was a work? You don't think he was no. told to do that? Because I think Dr. G said he was supposed to do something to to do that. I don't know who told him that, but there's a lot of different stories and opinions on that. But, you know. Vince, Vince told him in not so many words. He's, yeah. I guess he said, go up there and blast him. Wow. So Dr. D might have interpreted blast Literally, him. right? He blasted wow. him, all right. He blasted him, okay. all right. Yeah. Uh, Faye Spooner, she recently died. That was the aunt that worked there. I think I remember her. Um, wow. So Belter yeah, and Stossel happened only too. Luke Kennedy yeah, Bel- Belter they, and Stossel. Yeah, he's saying that was two weeks apart, that the John Stossel yeah, and the... Oh, cinching up uh, Belzer in the front face lock. That's I why remember I think, that. That's, yeah. why I, that's why I think it's kind of a work. If you get the Belzer thing happening two weeks later with the sleeper hold on air, 
And, it was, yeah. You know, it was all about hype, man. Vince, I mean, it was give or, it was, it was do or die for Vince and for this yeah. whole thing. So talk about mainstream, um, attention, you know, those two events were guaranteed to get him right. all eyes on, on the product. So, right. yeah. That, I mean, you was, know, yeah. And I remember, uh, remember that NBC special that they had with yeah. Little Monsoon had, um, what's his name? What's that sports guy? Um, Dick oh. Ebersol? No. Nope. The ball guy. He used to do the tennis and all that stuff. Oh, it's going to kill me. But he had him in an um, airplane spin saying, I'm a Jack Collins? Bud Collins? Maybe Bud Collins. Oh, yeah. Bud Collins Bud is Collins. involved too. The tennis yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. And that's when they got into like wrestling. And uh, it, that's that's when the crossover took place. Like, is this real or what are you doing? And all that it, stuff. It probably it, it might have been worth it for McMahon to pay out a half a million bucks to Stossel just for the publicity. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I, yeah, I agree. I, I've heard stories. I mean, um, there was a lawsuit too, right? Then there was a lawsuit that Stossel got like $200,000 back then for that or something he, like that. Yeah, he might, he probably didn't. I think uh, Belzer got 400,000. Yeah. yeah. That's big, that's big money back then. That's big money. Huge. It bought him a house in the South of France from what I understand. Joe Will chimed in. Yep. Joe Will said it was Bud Collins. Thank you, Joe Will. Thank you. Dr. D slapped him twice. That made it worse. Yeah. It was loose cannon. Just said that. Yeah. He got slapped twice. I forgot that hit him once. And the, that's why I thought it was kind of a work, you know, cause he, he hit him once and then he hit him again. And I'm like, you know, back then I was shocked. It was all over the news. You know, I mean, it was a big deal. But, you know, looking back on it now and listening to some of the stories, it's like, hmm, was it a work? Because Mr. Fuji was right there just sitting there. Like, grinning. There. Yeah, grinning. Grinning and laughing. So I'm thinking, is this a Sneaky. work? Like, yeah, like maybe he thought it was a work. He, he didn't jump in. Because if that happened nowadays, there'd be security. There'd be chaos. Right. There'd be like, you know, it's it's just crazy how wrestling's evolved now and so forth. But uh Loose Cannon says it wasn't a work. Okay. What no, I think it is a shoot. It was. No kidding. It was. Wow. You know, right. it's so funny. Yeah. We, we talk about these things. And, you know, we've got people of different ages in the chat and all. And I sometimes just say I, I'm just so fortunate to have grown up in um, in the old days, you know. You, and yes, absolutely. They were different, you know. Yeah. And yep. They really were, you know. I, I wrestling will never mean to these, you know, the fans today what it meant to us. Yep. It, and it, I, I am, I'm, I'm so grateful to have grown up when I did. Yeah. Growing up in New York, you know, part of the WWF, part of Bruno's, both his title reigns. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. In, in the yeah. magazine heyday. Yep. It was, it was great. Yep. I, I grew up Backlund, uh, Backlund Morales, and Tony Guerrero, Rick Martel were the champions. Yeah, um, you know the, the, it was always like that. Backlund, obviously holding the title for so long, um, obviously he was the first real champion I saw. I, I always regretted because um, I used to collect wrestling magazines, and I'd go back to seventy nine, eighty, and I just missed some of the good stuff that happened yeah. seventy nine. Because I think WWF changed in like seventy nine, eighty. Yeah, WWF. You know, you could I actually ordered, back order some of those, Joe, oh, yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I ordered some from '74, like one with Andre oh, wow. and Pedro on the cover. You know, and uh, John Tolos. John Tolos, perhaps. I think it's John Tolos. Yeah, that's definitely not the Sheik, the Bloody Sheik on the cover. Yeah, those are always uh, winners. The first yeah. magazine I ever got was a Bloody Harley Race on the oh, cover yeah. with Tommy Rich. Yeah, they look, they look like crime scenes. The magazine covers they back did. then. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, PWI for us, all the they had the centerfolds every month. 
Um, you know, I collected them all. The Von, you know, Kerry yeah, Von. Eric's I had them all. There. The Von Eric's, Tom, yeah. Tom Morocco. My, you know, how bad of a fan of how good of a fan I was for Easter. My yeah. Easter basket was full of wrestling magazines. Love it. You know, yeah. my, my parents knew. They knew I was hooked. They they, they knew I was uh, I was sucked into that that pro wrestling game. And you know, and to this day, even though I stepped away from it the last couple of years, and I'm coming back into it now, it's 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 you know, I think it's one of those things that I'll always always have in front of me that I want to do that comes natural that we can all just participate in. Phil, same with you. Oh, you, know, yeah. you, you know, dates, times, whatever. Yeah. Betty, you're like Rain Man. You could probably tell us what the weather was like that day and uh, whether or not, you know, there was a red light or green light on the corner or something like it, that. But, but it, it was it was a part of us. It really was. And that that that's never left any of us. Yep. I hear you. I mean, uh, John Gallagher, he loved Harley Race. Yeah, Harley Race was a great wrestler. You know, of Absolutely. course, I, I didn't get to see him till he was King Harley Race. In the right. WWF, but looking at the wrestling magazines, he's based out of Kansas City, Missouri. I remember when him and Flair would trade titles. Every time I picked up the wrestling magazine, Flair beat Race or Race beat Flair. Yeah. And, and of course, Dusty Rhodes comes along and it's Rhodes and Flair and all that stuff. So Watch, watch a uh, Gordon Soley Harley Race interview, uh, and it's it sounds like the seventh game of the World Series. I oh, mean, yeah. it sounds that legit. I learned – all my wrestling jargon, no doubt about it, from Gordon Soley. Uh, watching him, play. watching him, yes, who play? Watching him on Georgia, arm drags, sunset flips, gut wrench salt. Uh, the abdominal, yeah. what a the, great name. The, the abdominal stretch. You know, <laughs> can he get out of it? Can he reach the ropes? Can he hip toss him? You know, it was, it was believable. You know what I mean? It was like, it's, I don't know. I can't describe it. I feel really bad for the generation now that's coming in and seeing the product that's out there that. You know, where there, you know, you look at Roman Reigns and God, his father was Afa or Seeker, or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like that, you know, Afa and Seeker were the Samoans were something that they were to be reckoned with, especially on Saturday mornings. I mean, incredibly, uh, they're, they're, they're yeah. wrestling analysts now. They're not really fans. We were fans. We lived and died with it. Sure. Yeah, we did. It was good stuff. And it took 40 years for me to hear Afa or Seeker talk for the first time. And I was in awe when I did, you know? Wow. Awesome. It's wild. Yeah. Um, let me see here. John Gallagher in the Iron Claw. I liked Holly Race actor. He did a good job. I haven't seen the Iron Claw yet. Has anybody seen I heard he Claw? did a good job at Fairwell. You saw how would you think, Phil? How was it? You know, it brought it got me a little emotional at the end. It was, I mean, a good story. Of course, I I I, I quibbled with the, some of the casting, you know, Carrie sure. Von Eric. I I just I, yeah. I don't think that uh this kid should have uh played Carrie, you know. Okay. He was not that physically uh imposing. Kevin right. was well cast, David. Fritz was very well cast. Uh yeah. all in all good a good effort, I think. Okay. You know? Um they gonna win any awards next year? <laughs> I, it, it very well could, but again, maybe not for wrestling fans. I think for the, a larger audience it would find right. it a little more appealing. Sure. You know, we'll 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 always look at it with such a critical eye and you know okay. kind of pick it apart. But it would be you know what, it was a good story. Again, yeah. it evoked emotion in me, and that's what you want, you know. That's, so. that's the bottom line, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Will says Eddie Graham told Gordon to call it it was a legitimate sport. That's right. That's right. Good stuff in the chat here. Okay, folks, I think we're going to wrap this up. We've been on the well, air for a well, while. Wait a minute. Now, right? I thought we had some breaking news. Oh, here. we do have breaking news here, folks. Breaking uh -oh. news. 
Uh, we're we're gonna we're we're trumping the dirt sheets here. This you everybody yeah. that sees this, just remember where you saw this. Yeah, you saw it Every, on Wrestling. Remember, you, yep, you didn't here. see it on Wrestling Observer or Wrestling Insider. You saw it here. Let me see. There it uh there it is. Breaking news. Boom. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> there she is. There it is. Benny Scala, the player. Breaking news. She uncovered this today. Aunt Esther Holy is shit. all elite. Sucker. Aunt Esther. Holy. Who the hell needs Mercedes Monet if they have Aunt Esther? Aunt Esther. I could see her going up against timeless Tony Storm. Now, that would be something. But yeah. who would be her manager? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, who would That's be? A good, good question. Who would Ric Flair be her manager? He's got Ric Flair. I don't know. Who would be a good manager for her? Maybe somebody from the cast of Sanford and Son. Maybe yeah, uh, you know. Lamont. Grady, Grady from Grady, Sanford and Grady, Son. Grady, absolutely Grady. No Lamont, though, because they didn't get along. So. No. Well, no, no Fred Lamont, and she didn't. Lamont is the favorite Lamont, nephew. Fred. Wow. All, Aunt yeah. Esther is all elite. I Aunt can't Esther was, uh, was Tony uh, Khan's sister, right? Tony Khan strikes again. Tony Khan's doing it all, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if he's paying uh, Aunt Esther the same money he was going to pay Mercedes Monet, but uh, I mean, that's a bargain. That's I don't know, guys. She, she's got a loaded purse, though, man. She wields that with great authority. So, John Gallagher, you big dummy. He loved Red Fox. You big dummy. Remember that? I love oh, that God. show. I remember uh, he, he said to Esther, Esther, stick your face in dough and make gorilla cookies. Yep. <laughs> Joe Wills chiming in again. LaVonda Page was a stripper as a young woman. I, I never knew that. I never knew that. Wow. You learn everything right now. I'm telling you. Wow. And anybody yep. that saw her never. Whipped in Mayo. Yeah. Bruce <laughs> Cannon says Tony Storm is only. Whitman right Mayo. Who? Man, J.A. Will. Holy crap. That That's some good trivia there. Whitman yeah. Mayo. Wow. Yeah. Gerard Mayer. Yeah. Oh, Whitman Mayo. Great. Oh, yeah. yeah no relation to the new the Patriots coach. Yeah. Gerard Mayo. Way. You knew that was coming. Maybe, maybe there is a relation. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But a, apparently, J.A. I don't think she liked yeah. any of Fred's friends either, though. Did, did she? She, only, she liked Lamont. That she was it. Lamont. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Demond like Wilson, right? Yeah, Demond Wilson. He's he's a preacher okay. now. Is he still around? Yes, he's still alive. Yeah, Aunt, uh, John Gallagher. Yeah, so Aunt, John Gallagher of a Mercedes Monet. Yeah, I yeah, see absolutely. Every day Definitely. and twice on Sunday. Yep, there you go. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, uh, she's gonna stick your face into some dough, and make some gorilla cookies. Yep. Gorilla cookies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Baby cakes at it again. I'm telling you. But real quick, timeless Tony Storm. What are your thoughts on her? Real quick, you think this is gold? I think I think it's gold. I think Tony Khan should do it's something fantastic. I think, I think she's fantastic. It's must see TV. I think it's, it's really cool. I think I, I think so too. I think this can go a long way. I think this can help Tony Khan turn the corner, so to speak, if you can just concentrate on that. I honestly believe that the women's division in AEW is almost it's getting there. Um, gonna be very comparable. I'm not gonna say to WWE, I'm gonna say comparable to NXT because NXT's got some strong women. Uh, going on right now, but I think um, I think that timeless Tony Storm is gold. I think they should really, really put this as a, the main focus right now while they figure out what they're going to do with the guys. Because right now, I think that whole that whole locker room, that whole producing and storyline is a mess. There's no yeah. real stories. There's no real stories with the guys right now. Then you get timeless Tony Storm who can make a story just by an interview. The black and white, the Butler, you know. Mariah May and all that stuff. I, yeah. I, think, I think it's gold. I think it's gold. Um, that's, I'll be honest with you. That's why I only watch AEW now. I just see Timeless Tony but Storm. Speaking of gold, I, I, yeah. I think we talked about this yesterday a bit, but 
I think Jinder Mahal was like yeah. solid goal the last couple of weeks. Oh, he's he's gonna be great. He's got the title match tonight, right? On, on Raw on this Monday, I think it is. Is that what's happening? Uh, well, I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. He might. I only say that because Isn't Hulk that what, uh, prompted Tony uh, uh, Tony Khan's tweet. Yeah, all that stuff. Yep, and if I mentioned this on the thirty on Wednesday night. Hook, who's pretty much you know besides Taz's son, walked up to Samoa Joe and says, "I want a title match," and they gave him a titles match. So that's a title match next week: Samoa Joe versus um, Hook. And it, I think that was a slap in the face to the Jinder Mahal thing, uh, because they're saying you know AEW saying Jinder Mahal's a has been has been around. All of a sudden, he gets a title shot. So now you got Hook, who's pretty much doing nothing with the FTW Championship. It, you know, it's a mismatch, but I think that was Tony Khan's slap back to Could WWE. Be, yeah. I, I honestly think so. Because, again, no storyline, just like the Jinder Mahal thing. I mean, the Jinder Mahal thing has a little bit of a storyline, but to get a title shot, uh, that you know, on Monday is kind of crazy. But and, and, you know, a quick nod to R-Truth, too, whom I love oh, and always oh, have. He's like 55 years old now. He's isn't fantastic. He? He's, yeah. you know, he's ageless. He's going he to save the judgment day. Uh, that you know, because that that a, a faction like that can go stale pretty quick. Um, and he's I, keeping yeah, it I going. He's I kind of reviving it a bit. Yeah, yes, kind of reviving it a bit, especially with um, the other kid there. What's his name? Um, JD, JD McDonough. McDonough. Yeah. So he's he's kind of reviving it. So I because you know factions like that, you know, unless you you have something going on, um, you know, that's what it is. But leading up to the Rumble, there could be some uh, tension there because if they all enter the Rumble together. You know, I could see uh, Dominic and Damian going at it or something like that. But who knows? Yeah. You know. All right, folks. I think we're going to wrap this up. We've been chatting for what over an hour, right? I reckon. Been a lot of fun, though. Man. I do want to. I do want to thank everybody who joined us on the yes. chat tonight. Very lively chat. Joe Will, Loose Cannon, Beth Hopper. I think Katie Morgan was in there a little earlier. The um, play playmate. Yeah. Yeah, the player playmate. Um, Beth Hopper is saying, "Hurry home, player." Uh oh. <laughs> I'm on my way. Say? It's Friday I'm night. Coming. Friday That's what she night. said. You just got paid, right? You just got paid, Benny. Friday night. Oh yeah, you know you know what rhymes with paid, right? Yeah, we know. Yep, raid. <laughs> Kincaid. There you go. All right, folks, we're gonna wrap this up. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Bonnie and the Pharaoh. I want to thank Bruce for allowing me to come in this week. Uh, Bruce is on assignment. He'll be back next week, hopefully. Um, yeah, we've got to go, but I want to thank um, all the viewers out there. I want to thank Monty and the Pharaoh, everybody in the chat, all the good stuff. Phil, thank you for joining us. Thank you, man. Love yep. it, Joe. The player, thank you as well for tuning in and all that stuff. And what, what a, what we, a lot of we, a ton of we're fun. We're working on we're it's working stuff. on true crime, right? We're working on true crime, Whitey Bulger. Hopefully, a week from Monday, we're gonna do the long-awaited Whitey Bulger episode and keep keep. Uh, Keep watching the Monty and the Power YouTube channel for uh, some updates on that. But yep. that's going to be a, a, a must-see, can't miss. That's yep. going to be a, a great I, show. I, I think Monty's got some good guests coming up in the following week. So you got to tune into that Wednesday night. Um, I'm What a Day in Centerville, if anybody wants to tune into that. But Thursday, the 30, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 o'clock Central. I'm trying, to yep. I'm trying to regain the title behind me, the, the 30 championship. Trying to I regain don't know. I, I think uh, we got to check uh, Bruce's bank account. I think there might be yeah, some finagling going, going on. I want, to, I want to know. What do you got for shirt there? Oh, Monty the Pharaoh. Look at that. Appearance. I want everyone to have a good night's sleep like Sleepy Guy right here. Yeah. You remember hey. Sleepy Guy. Hey, that rhymes. What? Monty and the Pharaoh apparel. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice alliteration there. Good yeah. stuff. And we'll be back yeah. next Friday night. 
eight o'clock Eastern time. If all goes well, we'll be live again. And, uh, you know, be, do us a favor, folks. Share, share this, share the video, join, uh, Monty and the Pharaoh, Tell your friends. Right. like, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. You know, this is how it on at the bowling alley. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, you guys take care. We're out of here. Love, I'm peace, Joe. chicken grease. I'm one a day, Joe. What a day.